You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Dauber and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Phillies Nation podcast. I am your host, Ty Dauber. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Johnny Heller. Johnny, what's going on? Not much. Uh, there's a new manager in San Francisco, so... Some might say a new good manager in San Francisco. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we go on. But for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast, we have a very special guest on. Uh, we'd like to introduce Jack Fritz of Sports Radio 94 WIP. Jack, what's going on, man? Very special guest. Sounds a little too important, um, but I'm excited to, to join you guys. I mean, you guys are, are my two faves. And uh, I'm glad to see you guys are doing a podcast together. I think it's uh, it's good for the podcasting community. I mean, I would never support your podcast because <laughs> this is a dog-eat-dog world. Um, but I think you guys are both great. So I'm glad to join you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate that. Jack is obviously of the High Hopes podcast, uh, which some might say is the second best Phillies podcast out there after hours. So, mm. like I said, <laughs> very happy to have him on. Uh, Johnny, why don't we get started uh, with our questions for Jack? You came up with most of them because I didn't feel like doing it. It's your so. bomb, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, got, I was busy today, so you can, you can uh, dive into these <laughs> questions. All right, we're all busy, Ty. Uh, all right, Jack, so first question, just uh, how do you feel about everything that's happened so far this offseason so obviously not really anything has happened in terms of getting any players or anything but obviously hired a new manager joe girardi new pitching coach uh new scouting director so what's your reaction i guess in general to those moves um uh, well girardi I, I like the idea of girardi um getting a guy that obviously had the playing experience and you know you manage in new york for 10 years is always great i think a lot of people don't don't talk enough about what he did with that 06 Marlins team. Um, I mean, to get that team to win 78 games with a payroll of, of 15 million, I think is insane. Um, and I just think that the guys in this team are going to react much better to a, a, a stern manager. I mean, I like Gabe Kapler. I like a lot of his ideas and I like how he, I like his thought processes on the game. But I do think the clubhouse got a little too lenient at times. And I think a guy like Bryce Harper, a guy like JT Realmuto, the two really important guys in this franchise, I think they're going to respond better to a guy like Joe Girardi. And they're going to respond better to a guy that's going to have a little bit more strict of a clubhouse. So I was very excited about Joe Girardi. Um, for me, the most exciting move was Brian Barber. Um, I just like the idea of taking a guy from the Yankees, saw them, saw them build up their... Um, their scouting department from the ground up with a big market at the same time. I mean, everyone talks about how the Yankees are, you know, they're this, they're this underground like operation where, you know, on the surface, it's like they have all this money and they spend all this money, but really what makes them tick is all the international stuff, the draft stuff. Well, the draft stuff may be a little bit overrated. Um, just being able to, to have that farm system that always is able to turn out players is massive. So getting a guy that kind of saw that and is well-respected all throughout the industry, I thought was massive. And then Brian Price, I'm excited for. Um, I mean, obviously he's been out of out of, in, out of a pitching coach job since 2013. I think he started the managing job in 2014 um, or 2013. But I think he's a really smart pitching coach, and I think he's a guy that, much like Girardi, will adapt to the times. And I think... Chris Young was a little bit too focused on the heat maps and too focused on um, like where to locate a forcing fastball up in the zone, which is a smart idea. But if you if you have guys that can't do it, you can't force guys into something that they don't know how to do. Um, and I don't think he knew how to bounce back from that. So I think Brian Price is going to be massive from that standpoint. And I just kind of want to throw I kind of want to throw him talent and see what he can do with it. I think they actually have a chance to get a lot out of these guys. And I think. Before he became manager, Brian Price was probably the best pitching coach in baseball. So um, I know the pitching coach job has changed, and I would have liked to have seen, you know, uh, the, the University of Arkansas pitching coach, something like that. That would have been cool. Um, but they're going for experience, and if you're going to bring me a guy like Brian P Price, I'll take that every day of the week. Can Brian Price fix Nick Pavetta? Ah, that's the only reason he's, he's here. <laughs> Some would say that's the only reason they brought uh, Brian Price here. Um, I think he, I think he will do well with Nick Pavetta, but like they got to get Pavetta back on the track of like, of just 
cutting out the outside noise, being able to have laser focus. Uh, his mechanics are fine, um, but I did read one story. Now, it was only one story, so take it for what it is. Big splitter guy, and if he wants to teach Nick Pavetta how to throw a splitter, I'm all in. So if he learns a splitter, I think it's going to be game over. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited to see what Brian Price can do with this with this pitching staff. Well, speaking of Pavetta, what do you think um, is his role next season? I think he's a bullpen guy. Um, I think he's a bullpen guy or trade bait. I don't think they're going to be going next season. I don't think they want an inexperienced pitching staff. I think they want to add at least two stars in a free agency or through trades. So I think he's going to be a bullpen guy, if anything. But really, I think they're going to trade him this offseason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think also, like, do you think there's a chance he could just serve as depth in AAA? Obviously, their depth was horrible this year, so maybe they see him as someone who can – you know, stay in AAA, and if the need arises, bring him up. Well, that'd be a, that'd be a big uh, a big shot to the ego. Um, well, he's so fun. I I would sure I would sure not like to see him in AAA for a year. Um, but I I just I think that I think they're almost like kind of annoyed with where they're at with Pavetta, and they're kind of annoyed with the whole attitude. And I I just think that I think it's going to be one of those change of scenery things. Um, in my opinion, I and. I think they want more experienced guys out of the bullpen. Um, I mean, George Girardi, I think one of the biggest things with him is going to be kind of not – obviously, it's going to be hard to build the same bullpen he had in New York. I mean, those bullpens were ridiculous. It was like Chapman, Andrew Miller, Dylan Batances, and they might be able to sign Batances. Um, but I, I just think he wants a more uh, experienced bullpen that he can rely on. And for as much upside as Nick Pavetta has, I just I don't know if he can rely on them at this point. Uh, so Jack, um, hitting coaches is, is a spot that's available on the Phillies staff. Uh, some of the names that have been, been thrown out, uh, Matt stairs is one, the nationals assistant hitting coach is one that's been thrown around. How do you feel about some of the guys that have been mentioned so far? Um, I'm surprised it's not Dante Bichette. Um, uh, I, I thought it was going to be him, uh, him and Girardi are really good friends going back to the Colorado days. I mean, Girardi's son is named after Dante Bichette. Um, but I, I, I just think that it seems like Bichette just wanted to stay in Tampa Bay and not, you know, have to come up and have the grind of 162 games and, and spring training. So no, no Bichette, but, um, out of those guys, I, I, stairs is fine. Um, I, he, he's just like the, the, the 17 offense, everyone's going to talk about the second half and whatnot. Like he didn't come, he didn't have Reese Hoskins go on a historic streak when he came up. Like that was just Reese Hoskins being Reese Hoskins. So I don't, I don't want to give him too much credit for that. I think he'd be a fine hitting coach. I think he's a smart hitting coach. But I would much prefer Joe Dillon, um, just because like when I, when I watched that Nationals team all throughout the playoffs, you know, it, they were not striking out. They were making hard contact. Um, they had a priority uh, of making hard contact. He's He's kind of like uh, he'd be adding like a Jason Ochart kind of type guy to the major league team, which I like. I don't think he would be like Maley. Um, I, I just I like the idea. I, like I don't want to go so old school to where the Phillies can't be progressive or or looking ahead or you know being forward thinking. And I think Joe Dillon would be a nice mix of already working in the big leagues, working with a World Series champion, um, but also bringing new wave ideas to where it's not just relying on gut feel or whatnot so i my personal preference would be joe dillon yeah um going off of that uh like you said you don't want everyone to just be like these old school guys but that that seems to be the direction they're going at least a little bit i know girardi is kind of you know he got nicknamed binder joe and all like we all know but um he's more old school than than kapler for sure Brian Price is kind of old school. So the way they go with this, I'm not really sure. I, I would like it for, uh, for it to be somebody more new school, but I don't think that's the way that they'll go. I have a weird feeling that Stairs is going to be back, which I don't love. Yeah, I don't know. I I think they'd rather go Joe Dillon. Um, and if they have to go Matt Stairs, I guess they'd go Matt Stairs. Um, but it feels like Girardi kind of wants his own kind of guys. And with Kevin Long being in Washington and Girardi loving Kevin Long, I feel like he would prefer Joe Dillon. Um, but 
I could see them going Matt Stairs and just being a retread. I'm glad it wasn't Chili Davis. Um, I, like, I wasn't impressed with what the Cubs did the year after Maley was fired. And, I mean, like last year, P. Alonzo was unbelievable. So I, w- I wasn't the, the biggest Ch- Chili Davis fan. Um, I would, I would again, prefer, prefer Joe Dillon over those guys. If the Phillies did bring back Stairs, uh, I mean, their first move in the offseason would have to bring back Altair, right? Of course he would. I mean, he figured out Aaron Altair. Um, and he's very available. <laughs> they could get him for virtually nothing. So I would agree with you. He's a really solid fourth outfielder type that has the upside of being Jason Worth 2.0. Aaron Altair's OPS plus in 2019 was negative 21. It's not bad. It's not bad. What was, I, what was it in 2017, though? In 2017, his OPS plus was 122. Yeah. Good player. At one at one point this season, Aaron Altair had like four DFAs and five hits. It's not again, again, not bad. But that, that's not his fault. He did, he did not get picked up by the Padres. So you know, I mean, that's where Stairs was for that one year. Um, he was gone last year. They went into the tank, and that's because they did not retain him and thus bring Aaron Altair when he got DFA'd. I think that they could. I think they could figure out Altair if they brought him back, as long as they had Stairs. Yeah, I mean, if Aaron Altair could figure out how to hit a curveball, I would agree with you, but <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. I think, where, where would you rank the, the Aaron Altair Grand Slam, uh, like, amongst the moments of your life? Um, it's up there with the Nick Pivetta complete game against the Reds, and um, Aaron Altair's when he had like a three home run game against the Marlins last year. <laughs> that was another electric moment in the Aaron Altair uh, life. Um, he also had a, a tank shot against the Nationals in 2017, and that was the first moment where I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. Um, I only care about uh, uh, rogue Phillies like that, and um, I don't know who my next <laughs> – I guess it's a victim at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'm trying my best not to destroy Ogbaum's career, um, but – but you know, I've been watching a lot of Alec Bohm, and I think he's a 300 hitter with 30 home runs. So I feel bad for Alec Bohm's career. Um, I'm just, you know, I just gotta find my next marginal player who I can get behind and totally ruin. Yeah, um, Bohm is like too good for that brand. Bohm is Bohm is too good to get the Fritz Shinks. Um, you could join. I'm, you could join. You know, the knapsack. No, I would rather not. He's too bad for me. <laughs> oh, come um, on. Maybe Connor Seabold. I'm, I'm eyeing up Connor Seabold. I'm out on um, Connor Seabold. Actually, it's probably um, uh, what is Austin Listy? Dude, is. I so, all right. So a little little look into some conversations I had today. Somebody uh, they were putting together a top prospect list, and they asked me for their opinion. I said, "Where's Austin Listy on this? I really like him. He was." He like started off so terribly for Reading last year, but then he got promoted and was actually really good in AAA. So I'm in. I'm in on Listy. I like Austin Listy. I wish they would have brought him up last year. I don't get why. Like I should have rather have seen him than Sean Rodriguez. That's where it all boils down to. I think he could. I think he could legitimately hit well. And I don't like. I mean, this this podcast is supposed to be for takesmen by takesmen. Um, Austin Listy could be Max Muncy if they just gave him a chance. Wow. There you have it. He'll probably never get a major league hit. Um, <laughs> He'll never get a <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that offers us a pretty good transition um, to our next question. And it's, you know, with, with Bohm and, and Howard likely making their debuts at some point in 2020, um, how do you feel about the next wave of – Phillies prospects and like how do you see the system looking a year from now who do you think will be uh maybe break out this year um anything like that uh I'm I'm higher on the the Phillies farm system than than most people are um like I I just I like I like Howard and I like Baum obviously and, and then I like I like Connor Siebel more than most I just think that guy's gonna be a really really solid four or five at the worst He's got good stuff. I like that he changes his mechanics a little bit. Like the high leg kick Bronson Arroyo thing, I was not really a big fan of. Um, but then it, then it gets into like the like I don't like Simon Muziati at all. I don't like Matt Veerling at all. Rafael Marchand's never hit a home run. 
Um, like I like Francisco Morales, but I don't know where the ball's going. Like I like a lot of the, like the the lower level guys, like the Eric Millers, um, Johan Rojas, like Kendall Simmons. I I just I love Kendall Simmons. I like I like more of those. It's almost like I like the guys in the twenty to thirty range than I like in the ten to twenty range. Like the mm-hmm. ten to twenty range is like Muziati, Veerling, um, Marshawn, Jalen Ortiz, like those guys. And then you kind of get into the fun guys they drafted last year. Like you have the the guy from from Tennessee that throws hundred miles an hour. Uh, you have Stott, who I love. Obviously, Stott's like in the in the in the ten range. Um, but I, there's more of those kind of guys that I'm excited about next year. Like, I can't wait to see what Kendall Simmons does next year. I can't wait to see what Eric Miller does next year. I'm glad the Phillies finally started drafting, um, guys that throw hard. Uh, you know, it's crazy that the run on Cal State Fullerton, <laughs> Fullerton guys they had. Um, so I, I'm, for me next year, it's not really about individual prospects. Obviously, like seeing Ro- Johan Rojas uh, develop into hopefully, our, our Ron Acuna, uh, Juan Soto, Victor Robles. I don't know if he's on that tier, but you know what I mean. Like finding those kind of players and and and, and developing into our own star will be massive. But really, I want to see how the draft class from last year shakes out because I think we could see some fast risers and Eric Miller and Brett Schultz and um and and, and Bryson Stott, obviously Jamari Baylor. Hopefully, he gets on the field. Like I just want to see how that class. Um, pans out because i think it was the first class that i really agreed with the first like 10 to 12 rounds i was like these, these are smart moves and i want to see if if they end up being smart moves because um at the, at the moment they felt right right yeah i like i like this draft uh in 2019 a lot too um especially Stott. i think he's going to be a stud and the fact something that you that you pointed out that they they don't have just a million Cal State Fullerton guys who throw like 89. It, it, it seemed like everybody they had was like that. It was super frustrating. But the that they seem to be going for guys that throw actually hard and have good stuff, it's like a really good sign. Didn't know that was allowed, but I'm glad to see the, I'm glad to see the Phillies have entered the <laughs> mid-2000s. Um, we are now relying on control over, uh, over stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I just think that they drafted two guys that I think could be in the bullpen um, within a couple of years or even next year. Um, so I, I'm just excited to see how they, they rise. And um, it's going to it's going to be a really, really fun um, like 2020 minor league system to follow, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, the San Francisco Giants, it was announced maybe like five minutes before we started recording. They hired Gabe Kapler. Um, so first, like, what are your thoughts on Kapler being hired? And second, who do you think makes the playoffs first, Gabe Kapler or the Phillies? If it's not the Phillies, <laughs> just hold the <laughs> franchise. I mean, I, I know that sounds drastic, but <laughs> what is what is the Giants' path to making the playoffs? They gotta they gotta beat the Dodgers and and hope for a wild card, I guess. And they have absolutely no farm system outside of like Joey Bart. Um, so if it's the, if it's the Giants, just uh, fold every podcast and the franchise because it's all pointless. Um, um, but yeah, I I am excited for Gabe. I I don't think he ever really got a fair shot here, uh, and I just think he works better on San Francisco. Um, you know, they're kind of laid back. They'll give him a chance. They'll, it's, it, but it is going to be really tricky going from Bruce Bochy to Gabe Kapler, kind of like how in Philadelphia, we went from zero analytics to all the analytics in one off season. Um, it's going to, it's going to be eye opening for, I think a lot of giants fans. Uh, but I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, I think the main question is who is Matt Clintack going to root harder for? And <laughs> I think he's going to root harder for the giants. If I'm being honest. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it works out. I, I don't think it's gonna be like Chip Kelly to bueno. like the, the Chip Kelly gave Kapler thing. just always annoyed me because Chip Kelly wasn't a good guy. Gabe Kapler is a good guy and Gabe Kapler is a smart guy. And I, that team stinks, but I, I, this, the Phillies also weren't very good for most of, of his tenure and they were in first place for a lot of the time when he was here. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And, and Farhan's a genius. So, that should be a good bearing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like it's not exactly a great uh, 
like that team is horrible. So it's not like he's well set up to do well anytime in the future. I mean, they're paying like Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford forty million dollars this year. I mean, he he does have a proven ace in Johnny Cueto, <laughs> and that's at least a good place to start. <laughs> The the Giants like reek of the twenty twelve to twenty fourteen Phillies where they just yeah. are like they can't get over their success and they're just paying these guys like so a ton everyone, of money. They're they they pay they they owe Evan Longoria through like twenty twenty three. Like yeah, that was a, like everyone in the moment knew those moves they made last year were horrible. Like the like or two years ago it was two years ago yeah. when they went from McCutcheon they got Longoria. They paid Johnny Cueto. It was like Samarja. <laughs> Samarja, like, what are you guys doing? Like, your run is over. Um, yeah, they are just like the Phillies, and they are just getting into analytics now. Now, the difference is, is that they have Farhan and we have Matt Klentak. and they have Gabe Kapler. <laughs> oh my right, of course. <laughs> yeah, we're now. Now we're done with the regular questions. Now we're gonna play. A little bit of would you rather. This was Johnny's idea, which I really like. Um, so, Jack, would you rather solo on Hoskins or include Bohm in a package for a star this offseason? Solo on Hoskins. I'm not. I, Alec Bohm is just a special, special bat. And for as much as I appreciate Reese Hoskins' walks and whatnot, I think Alec Bohm is a legit. 330 home run guy for most of his prime. Like the guy just puts the bat on the ball, creates hard contact, and I think he's a special bat. I like Reese Hoskins. I do not want to give away Reese Hoskins, but I think Alec Baum is is a legit, legit hitter, and I would just I just don't want to give that guy away. I would I would rather trade Spencer Howard than I would rather trade Alec Baum. That's how that's how high I am on Alec Baum. My only. Now, th- uh, my only thing with that is if you think you can center a package uh, around Bohm and get somebody like Chris Bryan or Francisco Lindor, um, as long as you're not giving up too much elsewhere, I think you would have to do that because at this point you're definitely not getting one of those guys you know, centered around Hoskins. I would rather hold on to Bohm than trade him for Chris Bryant. I would, ra- I would, wow. move, I would move Bohm in a Francisco Lindor deal. Yeah, I mean, my my the reason I asked this too, and me and Ty have talked about it a little bit, is like we don't know if Bohm can play third. Like Jack, do you think that uh, Bohm is going to be able to play anywhere other than the first base, or are the Phillies no. going to have to? No. No, I I think he can stand at third base and feel balls right at him. Um, but asking him to do much more than that, like even the play this morning that he made in the in the first game of their doubleheader today, it was like, I mean. Third baseman should be able to make that play. It was like the the third of first base wasn't even crisp. It was it was basically a lob over to first base. So it was pretty concerning. Um, and he made one play where it was like it was like embarrassing. It was to a point where a third baseman should be able to make that play. They're on <laughs> they're on turf, which would make everything easier. Um, so I don't think he can stick at third base. So I think ultimately he's a first baseman, and they're gonna have to choose. Um, between Bohm and Hoskins, unless they want to just ride this out and wait for the DH to come in 2021, which is fine, but are you just going to have... I guess you just... Would it be the worst idea in the world just to stick Bohm at third base for a year, see how it goes, and then in 2021, hope DH comes and you don't have to make a decision? I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that idea, and... I'm kind of leaning towards, like, that'll be the thing they do. But one other thing I want to point out uh, after you just kind of hated on his uh, defensive highlight, I, I want to know why you said it wasn't that impressive, even though you tweeted in all, <laughs> in all capitals with the <laughs> alarm, with the siren emojis, Alec Bohm defensive highlight alert, all caps. I don't like this one bit. Um, because have you ever, have you ever heard of retweets or likes? That is what I go, that is what I was going for. And I achieved it. I got like 500 likes on that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, Thurston's got too much. Don't tell your other podcast. Too much time away from the art of the take. Yeah. Well, we'll be back this week. Joe is on take management. 
Take management. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right. So the next would you rather is uh, would you rather unload the Arietta contract or the Segura contract? Arietta contract. No, that's wrong. Segura contract. Segura contract times a thousand. Arietta has one year left. I can I can survive one year of twenty five million of Jake Arietta versus what? Three years, forty some million for Gene Segura, who's chubby now and is gonna like. <laughs> what do you mean now? That, He's been. I understand that, but they're, are they gonna put him at third base? Are we gonna have a, a freaking slap hitter being <laughs> our third baseman? Like it's embarrassing. Like why did they trade for Gene Segura last year? Why I did? Don't know. Yeah, we all called it a steal too. Yeah. Yeah, that's because we're excited to get a guy that hit three hundred. Carlos, like yeah, that shows how embarrassing it is to enjoy batting average. Like it's a bogus stat. It's bogus, but it's kind of like I don't know. It's still fun to look at for me. I know, no, I, know I agree. I, know I agree. It has ring. I know to it's it. not the right. So, um, yeah, the score thing, and that's why like, like people got so mad because I wanted to get off of Segura for Didi, and it's like, it's like, what are you talking about? Didi Gregorius is a much better. Didi Gregorius was top five in shortstop WAR before this year for the last couple of seasons. Like he's really good. And Gene Segura is not a shortstop anymore. He's gonna be, he's probably gonna be their opening day second baseman next year. Like if I had to guess, they start Didi at shortstop and then have, um, have Segura at second base and and figure out whatever with Kangri. But like, like, are we serious with ourselves? Like Gene Segura is a is a two ninety to three ten hitter with like fifteen home runs. I don't know. That's not exciting for me. No. Uh, yeah. Um. And and Arietta he. Uh, he's somebody that you, Jack, last offseason, or sorry, before last season, may have said was back. Uh, now, Johnny. Uh, uh, Jake Arietta said he was back. I did not say he was back. Johnny oh, yeah. said that he is back for next season. He told me that in a text message. So uh, right. I could see why neither of you guys <laughs> would want to offload his contract. I just think, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Arietta was like kind of good next year. Yeah. You think I he's back? You. you think just... he's 2015 back? I just don't think I don't think he's he's never gonna be back to that. But can he yeah, be never. can he be a five starter? Like I don't know a, a healthy like the Bone Spurs were so bad last year to where he couldn't even throw a strike with his fastball. Like and he was still remember oh, come on we had those four great starts of Bone Spur Arietta. You gonna throw that out the window? <laughs> I was at, now imagine him being healthy. <laughs> yeah, he was good for like a really short stretch with the Bone Spurs. It was like if people were like hmm, maybe he should never get the surgery. <laughs> uh, no. Um. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's like I don't, I don't like Arietta. Like I'm just not a fan. But it one it's one year left. Just just suck it up and get it over with. Versus three years of Gene Segura. Like, yeah, I, would I agree. Love to, I, would, off, I would love to offset both. I just, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah, I agree. Um, next, would you rather? So, would you rather sign Josh Donaldson at three years, sixty million, or Mike Mustakis and DD uh, with Mustakis two years, twenty-two million, DD one year, twelve? Oh, uh, the the second one in a heartbeat. I don't. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up the draft pick. Um, I, I know it sounds ridiculous. Everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, they can't draft anyway. So why would you want them to have draft picks?" It's like, shut up. Yeah, it's, it's still important to have draft picks. And I just worry that with Donaldson, this was the last year he's going to be completely healthy. And obviously, if you can, if you can guarantee me, you know, two years of. 33 home runs and a 900 OPS, I'll take it, and the third year can be whatever. But he's approaching 37. I mean, by the end of the contract, he's going to be 37 years old. I was looking at, I was actually, he reminds me a lot of Scott Rowland um, from the standpoint of great defender, um, p- played until he was 37, 38. And Rowland had two all star seasons at age 34 and 35. His 35 year old years wasn't very good, but he was just an all star because Scott Rowland and 37 is fell off a cliff. So, that kind of scared me a lot. Um, I'm not a huge like obviously Donaldson's awesome, and adding him to this lineup would be crazy. And I just think he adds that um, extra kind of tenacity and uh, explosiveness, I would say, to a to a locker room. But I think Moose is a comparable player with 30 plus home run potential. That I don't have to give up a draft pick. I don't have to give up a draft pick for Didi, and I can move Segura off shortstop at the same point and not have him play third base. So if you can tell me, I have. You know, DD at shortstop, Moose at third base, Segura at second base, Kingery in center field. I'd rather have that than 
Um, Kingery at shortstop, Segura at second base, um, Donaldson at third, and then and then Hazley in center field. I think the second option is is better. Are we sure that Mustakas is better than Franco though? Is that even mm. up, an upgrade? Are we even sure he's an upgrade? I talk about talk about just being ridiculous. Like I love <laughs> there is not there is nothing better than are we sure this guy's an upgrade to Michael Franco? It's like yeah, I'm sure he's an upgrade to Michael Franco. Like Michael Franco is horrible. Um, I I I hate the I hate the five week Michael Franco stretch because it completely screws up his, his <laughs> overall stats, which are always horrible um so i'm glad the michael franco era is most likely coming to an end actually it's coming to an end um i just it, it's i'm i'm ready for it to be over i kind of hope they tender him just to see what <laughs> just to see the reactions i think it'd be great uh, you know he has 20 home runs a year you know Mike led Schmidt the, led the team with the bat in batting average in 2018 so mike schmidt uh, has mike schmidt said like three different seasons yeah. that he was a dark horse for the MVP. MVP candidate, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our last uh, would you rather for the offseason is uh, would you rather Garrett get, come out of this offseason with Garrett Cole and Mike Moustakis or Zach Wheeler and Anthony Rendon? Oh, man. That's a good one. So it was Cole and Moustakis or Rendon or Wheeler? Rendon and Wheeler, yeah. Yeah. I, I got to go Rendon or Wheeler. Um, Obviously, I would love to have Garrett Cole, and if, of all those guys, I'd love to have Garrett Cole the most. And I think there's been a lot recently talked about of um, like would Wheeler and Hamels equate the same value as Steven Strasburg or whatever. It's like it's like yeah, obviously for one year he probably would, but it's not really a, like I'm I don't like the short sightedness short sightedness I'm hearing from a lot of Philly fans. Like I just think that. Um, uh, like it's about building the next core. It's about adding blue chippers. And Zach Wheeler and 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 Cole Hamels are not blue chippers. They're fine players, but they don't add the same value that a Strasburg or Cole would um, to this Phillies team. So adding Garrett Cole will be massive, but I think Zach Wheeler is going to be pretty good. Although the thought of giving Zach Wheeler a hundred plus million dollars is like terrifying, um, <laughs> given the injury history and how his arm was just dead, I guess, to start um, the second half of last season. I don't love that trend, but, um, I mean, in the last two second halves, he had a 2.63 ERA and, like, a 1.64, something like that. So I, uh, I I like Zach Wheeler's stuff. It's just, like, the problem with Zach Wheeler is that I feel like he should be better than he is. Like, when you have 99 and a split like he has, he should be so much better than he is. Now, he's still pretty good, but he should just be better than he is. But if, you, if I'm adding Rendon, I mean, Rendon is just such a freak um, that it's just – I would love to see that guy play here for the next eight years. I just think it would be magical. Um, and I will always bet on elite hitters lasting longer than elite pitchers. Yeah, I think I agree with that. <laughs> uh, like, the same reason you said, there's more of a – chance of it going all wrong i think if you go with cole and moustakis uh rendon feels like the most sure thing um so we're going to move on to just another segment we're just going to ask you what has a better chance of happening in 2020 out of uh, two different scenarios so the first one i think there's a better chance that aaron nola pitches with an era under three or that reese hoskins slugs over 500 in 2020 um, I'll take the Reese Hoskins one. Um, okay. getting under three, I think he's I think he's gonna be like a three ten to three twenty five guy. Obviously close to three. Um, but I I th- I think Reese Hoskins gonna have a nice bounce back year. Um, under Girardi, I'm not sure Girardi's gonna change obviously too much, but I just think that um, it's gonna add a level of accountability. And if I was, I just think that with Reese, he's embarrassed as to how this season went. And I, I just envision him once he gets back from his honeymoon or whatever, just kind of getting it back in the gym. Um, and I think he was, I think he was a little too excited to be out of left field heading into last season. I think he kind of <laughs> let himself let himself go. Um, and I, I just I just think he's gonna reel it in. I, I think we're gonna see such a better Reese Hoskins next year. It would hurt to trade him because I think there's 35 to 40 home run potential um, in there. And I I I would bet on him to have a 500 plus slugging percentage next year. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, I, d- I definitely think that if they trade him, there is a 100% chance he hits 45 home runs next year in, like, Tampa Bay. Yeah, or in Colorado for Herman Marquez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he would go off. He would he would so go off, and it would hurt a lot. I he hit eight home runs in the second half with a juiced ball. Like, I don't know. I might be out yeah. on these Hoskins. Rob Manfred says they knowingly did nothing to the baseballs. All right, Rob. Whatever. Whatever. Rob. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> changed with the baseballs. It's just that MLB owns Rawlings, and we're not <laughs> looking for increased home runs to hopefully boost attendance. <laughs> All right. Next. Next uh, scenario here. Who is more likely to start at third base on opening day? Brad Miller or Alec Bohm? <laughs> um. Listen, if you want 30 home runs, I'm choosing Brad Miller. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I hope they don't do the stupid service time thing. I, I know it's a smart thing to do. It's just so, it's so annoying. Uh, yeah, I it's a dumb that, system. No, it's 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 stupid, and it just pisses off your players. Like, why are you trying to piss off your players? Um, I, I think I think the Alec Bohm thing at third base will be an interesting case study for um, the service time thing because. Last year, you saw Tatis start the the season on the opening day roster. You saw uh, Pete Alonso start the the year on the opening day roster. And I kind of think that um, like the service time thing is kind of done. And I think that it's going to go away in the next CBA. And there's no point in keeping guys down for two months if you can help your baseball team. So uh, it's not even a, it's not even two months. It's it's like a month and like a week, right? It's yeah. like five weeks. Yeah. Um. So I, it's it's like, such, who thought that was a good idea? Like, it's dumb. Just yeah, just keep the guy until you keep him down there until May, and then bring him up. Even if he's just like, it's just so. Like, stupid. if they were gonna do it, why did they not at least make it like the September call up? It's so weird. Right. It's so dumb. Um. So it'll be interesting to see if they do decide to bring him up on opening day. Uh, I think that'll be another sign that the the stupid service time thing is kind of going away, um, and I I hope it's going away. Hope they can fix it. And uh, I I I don't think Alec Bohm's gonna make the team out of spring training, even though I think he should. And I think it's gonna be like Brad Miller or, Star- or Starlin Castro oh, at third base. I, so you think Brad Miller Castro. is the opening day? You think Miller is the opening day at third baseman? Is that what you're <laughs> that'd saying? Be hilarious. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think he. I don't know. I don't know. Like that sounds kind of absurd, but I think if he got regular at bats, he hits the ball like so hard. I think he could do good. Dude, he was like he was like top twenty in um in like expected slugging percentage this year. Like he 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 did really well in all the advanced stats. Shout out to Glentech. Never doubted Glentech. <laughs> Miller. All right. Miller is my guy. He's he is my guy undoubtedly. I do I do love him. All right, moving on. Uh, the next one, uh, who is more likely to be on the Phillies' 2020 opening day roster, Odubel Herrera or Cesar Hernandez? <laughs> uh, uh, Odubel. Okay, I, 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 I don't want him I don't, back. Yeah, I agree. It just, it, it just, he, he's, he's not, it's just not worth it. And I just... I personally, and I, I'm sure a lot of Phillies fans agree with me. Like, I just don't want to root for that. I don't want to have to cheer for that. Like, I just, I just move on. And he's such a headache anyway, you know, on the field. Um, but I, I just think Cesar, it's gonna come down to that 11.8 million dollar arbitration number, and then there's, there's not gonna pay that. Um, at least with Herrera, they view it as like, no one's gonna take that contract. We'll see if we can rebuild some value and then flip them. Um, but I personally would really not like to see him back next year, um, especially because you know Hazley looks good in center field, Kingery can play in center field. Like Herrera is just not needed. It's not worth the headache. I would I would very much like to see Odubel not on the team next year, and I would like to see him package in a move. You know, um, you know I think the Rays would take a shot on them just because they are always looking for value at the margins or whatever. Um, so just try to package package him in a deal, and just just you know wash your hands of him. Yeah, yeah, but I I also would definitely not want to see Herrera back. 
But this is also the same organization that rostered Jesmoel Valentin for most of 2018. They have also been rumored to interview or at least look into Dante Dante Pichette for hitting coach. So I don't know. It maybe it's a little different because the incident happened while while uh, Herrera was actually on the team playing. But it seems like some of their more recent actions maybe they like don't have as much of a hard stance on things like that as maybe they should. Yeah. He also stinks. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was really good into May of 2018. Yeah. And then he just like fell off. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. But, um, another question talk while we're talking about center fielders, um, who, uh, who do you think is more likely to be the opening day center fielder, uh, Scott Kingery or Adam Hazley? Um, I think it'll be Hazley because I think um, uh, I think Cesar is going to be gone, and then he could play Segura or him at second base, uh, and then have the other play third base. And I think they sign Didi, or the other way around, they sign Moose, and it's Kingery or Segura at shortstop, and then. The other one at second base. I think it's gonna. I think they're gonna sign either Didi or Moose and not have to get, have to give up that draft pick. So um, I think Hazley's gonna be the starting day or the opening day center fielder. I have a feeling that they upgrade at shortstop and third base and then move Segura to to second base. So I I have a feeling that Kingery is gonna be out there uh, opening day in center. What about you, Johnny? Yeah, I think trading Hazley uh, could make sense. Uh, this off season, especially just, I mean, it depends how they do or how they think they're going to do with starting pitchers on on the free agent market. I've already talked on this podcast many times about wanting to trade Hazley in a deal for Corey Kluber, but I think something like that could definitely happen. I I would lean towards Kingery as more likely uh, opening day center fielder next year too. So yeah. Um, last one of these type of questions. Who's more likely to be in the bullpen on opening day, Vince Velasquez or Nick Pavetta? Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably Velasquez. I, I just, I just I have this weird feeling they're going to try to trade Pavetta this offseason, and I think it'd be a sell low. Um, but I, I, I think Velasquez, it will be back, and I, I just. I think I think the Nick Pavetta era is over. It was a good run, wow. um, but I just you know this is me admitting defeat. I think it's over, and I think he's gonna go somewhere else and figure it out. Ask Ty who he wants to be the fifth starter in the rotation next year. Mm, Ty, who do you want to be the fifth starter in the rotation next year? I think there is a version of Vince Velasquez where they. <laughs> Where they pair him with an opener and they never let him see the third time around the order, and I, I think he could be very good, and I think I would be interested in giving him a look as the fifth starter next season. Yeah, I'd rather not watch the team next year. I have no interest. In, <laughs> would you rather? No in watch. Would you rather it be Arietta? Like I wouldn't. Yes. Why? Why would you? Know, at least Arietta can can sometimes be decent. What is when has Vince Velasquez ever been decent? Vince not, Velasquez I don't, can I don't be different. See the four innings of of bad. Like he is so brutal to watch. He it is freaking freaking three hours to get through <laughs> to get through four innings. It is brutal, brutal. I'm no, telling you, if they if they just refuse. don't if they don't let him see the third time around the order. He is uh, the makings stop. of a, like a really good pitcher, a really good pitcher. Really at good. What? At what? What do you <laughs> mean? At what? <laughs> he Preventing runs. Stuff. He has a good what fastball. Is, what is Vince Velasquez? Is he has one good pitch, and everything else is dog poopy. <laughs> <laughs> what? So like I don't know. He's good at it. So, Eflin, what do you mean? Eflin has <laughs> Eflin not, has he's one not pitch. Good at it. He's never been good at it. What are you talking about? Eflin has one pitch, and he. That's not true. What doesn't uh, have it? Come on, Eflin has some semblance of a slider they can throw for a strike. Vince isn't even in the strike zone most of the time. I'm telling you, Vince, his fastball is good enough. I dude, dude, this is listen. This is so off season to where you're like, oh, you know what? Watching Vince Velasquez, not that bad. And then it's like August of next year, and you're like, this is horrible. I don't want to do this ever again. Remember August, Ty? 
Just remember August. I'm going to look up some Vince Velasquez splits by Anna. Right. Go, go ahead, man. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, Ty, you're wrong, I think. I think I'm right. I think, think I'm test? right. The eye test? <laughs> I, think, right. I think I'm right. No. <laughs> All right. One more question before we move on. Um, this is just a, a general question. I was curious to hear your your thoughts, Jack, on um, how the how you think they're gonna the Phillies are gonna treat the luxury taxes off season, because Middleton's comments at the uh, Kapler presser weren't exactly clear. He said he would only do it if they're building a World Series team. So, you know, if they don't get Garrett Cole or Anthony Rendon, do you think they're gonna try to stay under the luxury tax, or do you think they'll still be willing to spend and and go over that threshold? Uh, I think the, I think you go over the luxury tax for the right player. Um, I think I think actually his his, his quote was actually kind of clear. I think his quote was, "Listen, if there if 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 I have a chance to win the World Series, I will go over it. If it's gonna be trading blah and acquiring blah to make the second wild card, it's not worth it for me. And which is I I totally get it. Um, and I I really think that like. <laughs> If they go in this offseason and their goal is to sign Wheeler and Didi and then a couple bullpen pieces, I think they will look to stay under the luxury tax. But if they think they can get an Anthony Rendon and they can get a Garrett Cole, they can get a Steven Strasburg, I think they go over it. I think it's I think it's really that simple. If they wanna if they wanna bring in a bunch of guys to help next year's team and whatnot, I think they'd like to stay under it as best as they can. And then when the trade deadline rolls around if they have to go over it, the team's playing well, they're overachieving, then they go over it. But, um, like, I just think if you have a chance to add a blue chipper and it's right there in front of you, I think he's going to go for it. I don't I don't think the Middleton narrative of, um, you know, he's going he's gonna to cheap out. We're not sure he's going to spend the money. I think he's going to spend the money when the time is necessary. The big question for me with Middleton is if they trade for – one of the guys, if they trade for Lindor, Bryant, or Betts, is he going to be willing to shell out the money to re-sign those guys? Um, is he going to is he going to be willing to have 330 million dollars going to Bryce Harper? Have 110 million dollars going to J or to JT Realmuto? Um, have have you know five 115 going to Zach Wheeler, and then on top of that, give 300 million dollars to Francisco Lindor? Have um, $300 million going to Mookie and maybe like 250 going to Bryant. I think that's yeah. the, the bigger, the bigger John Milton question because they need another blue chipper. And I don't know where that next blue chipper is coming from. Even if Alec Bohm comes up and hits, because I think Alec Bohm is um, ultimately just a, a, a bat only first baseman or a DH. Yeah. I mean, I think I would hope that, if they were going to shell out all the prospects and, and everything for a Betts or a Lindor, that they would at least go in with the intentions of, uh, you know, John Middleton being willing to spend that kind of money um, on a player like that, for sure. Yeah, next, what we're going to get into, uh, this is one of our weekly segments for the offseason. We'll do our uh, our target that we will spotlight. So this is the part where... We pick out one player that we want the Phillies to go after uh, in either free agency or in the trade market, and we'll talk a little bit about them and their fit. Uh, Jack, we'll let you go first. We asked you to to have one of these guys this offseason, so why don't you go ahead? Well, if you know anything about me, um, all I care about is middle relievers and finding upside there and finding a high-leverage reliever for my bullpen. So... Uh, it's tough because I have like three names I'm targeting. I'm just gonna lay out all three names because this is probably the last time I'm gonna be on this podcast um, ever again. So I want to make sure I get it all out there. <laughs> I want to make sure I get it all out there in one podcast. So I have three bullpen pitching uh, trade targets that I would like to. I would actually pay a hefty um, prospect cost to get. Number one is Lucas Sims. He is on the Reds. He's in the 100th percentile in fastball spin rate and slider spin rate, and I want to take a shot on that arm. Uh, my second guy is Andrew Kittrich, who was an opener slash whatever 
for the Rays. He's like 29 years old, so I don't know how you know how much they really want to hold on to him. Um, but I would love to take a shot on Andrew Kittrich and and give up legit stuff for him. And the final one, I've been trying to get him since the trade deadline, but Austin Adams of the Seattle Mariners. Um, I think his slider is disgusting. He struck out Alec Bregman once. And once that's that's <laughs> enough that's enough for me to be all in no but seriously uh austin adams has a disgusting slider um and i just like he throws 95 96 then the nationals straight up just dfa'd him and then he went to seattle and put up like a, a three five era so um those are my three bullpen guys and i would i would be ecstatic with with each one of those guys so. all right I like it. All right, I'm going to stick to the theme of bullpen uh, and talk about Blake Trinan. So there uh, it is. What was that? There it is, Blake Trinan. Yeah. So Trinan was like filthy in 2018, uh, like one of the greatest single seasons for a reliever ever. He had a .78 ERA. Uh, he was just unhittable. And then last year, uh, he kind of he was just horrible. Uh, ERA nearing five. Uh, and so he he's on the athletics, and it looks like they might not tender him this year. His his numbers at seven point eight million, and for a team like that, um, it just doesn't seem likely that they'll they'll keep a reliever at that price, especially considering um, he wasn't who he was in in twenty eighteen last year. Uh, and earlier today, Jason Stark mentioned that the Phillies would be looking for a bounce back reliever. Uh, I think Trinan is a a great fit. Uh, for that because he, he does have great stuff he has an awesome fastball um and whether he's dfa'd or not dfa'd sorry non-tendered or the athletics tried to decide to trade him um i think he is someone that the phillies should be in on this offseason yeah i mean it's either him like when i heard bounce back candidates i was thinking either him or batanzas yeah all right well i'm gonna stick with the bullpen theme on this one uh this is a little bit different than than uh, the ones you guys mentioned because uh, this seems to be a theme with a bunch of mine. This is somebody that the Phillies have had already. Uh, I want Tommy Hunter back. I don't I don't know what he might get, uh, you know, coming off injury in 2019. But when he did pitch a little bit for this team, he, he was good, and he was good in 2018 as well. Uh, looking at, at Tommy Hunter... As some of his numbers, his fastball spin is in the 88th percentile, and his curveball spin is in the 86th. Um, and that's been that wasn't just something from this year because of uh, not throwing many pitches. Uh, it, that that's a thing that's been consistent throughout his career as of late. And I just think that when he was on the field for the Phillies, he was pretty reliable. And uh, I don't think it would cost a whole lot to bring him back. So he's somebody that I think could help the team. Uh, and I want him back. Yeah, but like, there's there's so many better bullpen options. Why why are you why are you hunkering down with Tommy Hunter? I think he's he's good. I don't think he would cost you anything. How how many spots in the bullpen do they have to fill though? I mean, they're not gonna what like four or five. Who's guaranteed to be back in the pen next year? Adam Morgan, Jose Alvarez, Hector Neris, Sir Anthony. Anthony, Yeah, with the news today. But after that, I mean, if you can get Tommy Hunter for $2 million, I, I'd be fine with that. And yeah, and Tommy Hunter, I did some research. He wears number 96, which is really absurd, so I think that's a good thing. He wore number 40 until they traded for Wilson Ramos in 2018, so then he switched to 96. And any player that wears that number deserves a spot on the Phillies, in my opinion. Well, he... The only reason he wore that number is because he thought he thought it was funny because of '69, so like he changed it to '96. That's so <laughs> I'm dumb. Being, I'm being serious. That's the That's only reason so dumb. he changed. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. Officially out on Tommy Hunter. Yeah, you want to bring that guy back? He doesn't even throw '96 anymore. And like, here's my problem with Tommy Hunter: is like, how healthy is he? I mean, he's coming off the injury. Like, what are we, what Tommy Hunter are we getting? I don't I don't know. I just I don't know how value or how durable he is at this point. I, you know, he's fine. I think Tommy Hunter was too maligned here, um, but I don't, I'm not the the biggest bring back Tommy Hunter guy. What do you think? What do you think he might get? One year, two million sounds about right. 
Yeah, I think at that price, I'd just bring him back. I don't know. I think he's good. I don't think they will bring him back, but I think they should because I like him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, the the last uh, kind of segment that we do every week, we uh, bring a stat each week. Uh, Johnny, why don't you go first because I want to end with mine. Yeah, uh, so Jack, I, I don't know if you ever heard heard the pod or anything but basically every week we do a stat i do a normal stat and ty does a andrew knapp stat no no uh, no last week i did a mike Morin stat oh right well he does stats for bad players love but... mike Morin stats <laughs> mike yo you said you want mike Morin back on a minor league deal or something i don't want to hear it johnny yeah i did doesn't make him any better all right <laughs> uh but this week i also am just gonna go with an andrew knapp stat because we were talking earlier in the podcast about uh, if Matt Stairs comes back, how Aaron Altair had a great year season under Matt Stairs, how Reese Hoskins had a great second half under Matt Stairs. Andrew Knapp was also a pretty good player. He hit 257 with 368 on base percentage and 368 slugging. OPS plus of 96. Uh, for your backup catcher, I would take that. I think if if uh, Matt Stairs is back, then it's no brainer. Just keep going, Knapp. And he's gotten better defensively since then. Yeah. And the guys love throwing to him. They do. Yeah. They do. Um, I have another Andrew Knapp stat for you. Um, we hear a lot about about Yadier Molina maybe being the best defensive catcher ever, and we hear a lot of that garbage. But in 2019, according to StatCast uh, runs from extra strikes, which is a framing statistic, this season – Yadier Molina had negative one runs from extra strikes. Andrew Knapp had two. So I think that might confirm that Andrew Knapp is a better defensive catcher than Yadier Molina. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> well, I don't. He's, got, he's a good framer. Yeah, he's got. That's something he, has, he wasn't always good at either. They, like, made him good at that. He has a career um, uh, OPS higher than Joe Girardi's career OPS. Plus OPS plus. Sorry. I think I think Nap needs to be back in like it on the Phillies next season. Nap cannot. Am I allowed to throw a stat out here? Or yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah it's Only is only a YouTube segment. Um, Jack Fritz's career strikeout per nine in college was ten point three strikeouts per nine. So take that for stats. Cool. What was his ERA again? Um, eight point seven, eight point seven four. But if you only look at the strikeouts per nine, you would say he was trending in the right direction, would you not? <laughs> I think you would. Some might say you were the Pavetta p- before Pavetta, right? The OG Pavetta. Um, I, I wear that badge responsibly. So if you were to ever throw one singular good game, we should retweet anyone who said anything bad about you, then. <laughs> and, and tweet at them and tell them they're stupid. You gotta forget that part. <laughs> One lone game that Nick Pavetta uh, had. Two had. good games. Dude, shut down the Dodgers I was, and then I was drinking all Saturday, and then Pavetta <laughs> threw a complete game. What was I supposed to do? Not tweet at everyone? I was I was at work that day, and I had to like go into the bathroom and watch the end of that game on my phone because I couldn't believe it was happening. That was. What a day. <laughs> it was a magical day. It was really <laughs> a magical day. I I would have liked to see more of it for sure. Um, but if it's only going to get that one day, I'll take it. Yeah, like for that instant, for that one moment, you were right. And I think that's all you can really ask for. All takes were right at one point. Except my Sean Rodriguez take from July when <laughs> I said... That he was better than Adam Jones. I didn't mean it. Why? Why? Why do, you, why do you? Why do you like horrible baseball players? I don't even like Sean Rodriguez, and I don't. I don't know why I tweeted that. To that point, he was crushing lefties, and I regret ever sending that. Then he went mm. O for his next twenty against lefties. So. Yeah, he did not get a hit for the next month after I tweeted that. <laughs> it's not bad. Not a bad prediction. <laughs> trending in the right direction as you would say but yeah that'll pretty much do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast we definitely want to thank Jack for coming on uh, you could follow him at 
Jack Fritz WIP on Twitter. Go check out High Hopes podcast and The Art of the Take. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Jack for coming on once again. Uh, this has been Ty Daubert, and for Johnny Heller, we'll talk to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.